0: on. I'm at a funeral Oh, sunglasses
1: Yeah
0: Are we live? Fuck it Ooh, Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody This is your host, Jared Schaffett Along with my good friend Artemis Brower. Artie, how are we doing, my friend?
1: We're good, man. We're live. We're in good spirits. We just got done with Christmas. We got New Year's this weekend right around the corner. Another three-day weekend coming up, so uh, we're good, man. I hope Santa Claus was good to you. He was good to me, so...
0: Uh, Artie, I was a naughty, naughty boy. (laughs) No, no. Santa Santa was good to me. Santa was good to me, Um, so... Could could be more thankful, right? Like, lots going on, but everybody's happy, everybody's healthy, in a shaffit household, so everything's good. But uh, Artie, did you get anything nice for for Christmas? Yeah, man, I
1: got a um, I got a nice little Apple Watch. My, oh, nice! Um,
0: so, so I won't have to wait for you to text me. Uh text me back. <laughs> I, I'll just know that you yeah, got yeah. my my text. Yeah, that
1: that that's true. You like I, I have no excuse now. i was gonna come right here on the uh on the wrist. So I, I will have no excuse uh to not text or call people back. So uh that was definitely what I got. You know, I, I got adult stuff. I got some money from from my mom, that's from my mother in law, got you know, got some uh, got some shoes. My brother bought me a pair of shoes, and so that was that was really nice, but uh it was good, man. I, I can't complain. I, I got more than, than than what I needed, more than what I deserved. So, it was good. Love that.
0: Love that. Yeah. Uh, I I got. I'm at the point in my life already where I I'm getting uh, I'm getting yard, like tools. Like I I, I got this. Uh, okay, hold on now.
1: Hold on, i am talk about. How. You like the yard tools as a Christmas gift?
0: I do, actually. Okay. Yes. Hey, look,
1: hey, hey, as long as you like the yard tools. You, you, you know how food, I am about my yard. You that know is, how I am. You love your yard. I Personally, I might feel the type of way about to giving me yard tools as a Christmas gift. You know, that's that's more like a. No,
0: I, I got a, uh, I, I have a huge uh, oak tree. I, I don't even I'd say it's an oak tree. It's a huge tree. Dumps a bunch of leaves uh, in, in the backyard every fall. And I, I spend several days. I feel like I, I end up leaf blowing two or three days a week in my backyard. And it's just a big house. You're just
1: sitting there unnecessarily leaf blowing at times. <laughs> just just you, because. You see two leaves in the back backyard. No, no, it's years. not
0: even that. It's, it just dumps that many leaves in my backyard. That's wild. Like my whole backyard would be covered in leaves if I didn't. Um, so what I, I, I got was a, uh, I, I got this like leaf vacuum. A Ryobi Leaf Vacuum. Love it. Super excited to use it. Uh excited for that. Also got some new golf shoes. Got a uh nice. Got a golf cart, like a push cart for, for when I uh play in the summer league. So uh
1: the push cart. Wow, you have you graduated to the to the push cart? You're gonna be out there walking now? I, I walk I walk at least once a week during the summer. You're 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 legitimate. And whenever I see somebody with the push carts and they're not out there with the actual, you know, the carts, they golf a lot. They are legit.
0: Yeah. So I, I've got a push cart because I play in a summer league. You have to walk, Um, and, and so I walk nine holes at least once a week during the summer. I, I'm hoping to walk some more, man. I I'll that's tell it, you. You, a, you body don't talk about workout, you don't talk about exercise, man. Yeah. I I, I lost a bunch of weight goals. this summer walking walking a golf course. Yep. So, um, that, that yeah. Is a
1: yeah,
0: Exc- excited about that. Also, I mean, the wife and I, our, our gift to each other was a cruise. So nice. excited. Yeah.
1: Hold on, we, we, where you guys going? You got it. You got it. You got to spill the deets. So um, gotta...
0: we, we got, it's a five day, it's a four day cruise, four day, five night, I think. Uh, so we only have one stop. We're, we're going to Nassau. I, I'm really just looking for a, a, an opportunity to drink a bunch. Um, that's the whole point of going through. So yeah, that, that that's what we're doing. That that is what we're doing already. Um, all right, number seventy-seven. Yes. Do you do you have a number seventy-seven for me?
1: I do have a number seventy-seven for you. Um, now, this is a guy we have not mentioned on the podcast before, even though he is chalk um, by by today's standards. But um, I had to, I had I had to do it. I had to switch up from the old D uh Switch up from some of the some of the hockey guys. Um, so my 77 this week is Luka Doncic, one of the only basketball players to wear to rock a, a number that high, like a 77. You you just don't ever really see that in the NBA or in pro basketball. But one of the young rising stars, um, MVP caliber kind of guy, you know, love Luka Doncic, love his game. He actually wears that number in honor of his uh, mentor, who's a great basketball player, uh Vasily, I forget his last name, but um, was a like a super good professional basketball player over in the uh, the Greek leagues. So that's actually why he wears the number 77. But uh yeah, shout out Luka Doncic. That would be my 77 for the week.
0: All right. Yeah that, that's a good one. Um mine I, I, I wouldn't say he's necessarily chalk already. It's a it's a guy that I've enjoyed watching uh play baseball. Uh I'm gonna go Clint Frazier. Right. He he's played uh played played with the Yankees, uh believe the Cubs, and then also the White Sox. Um, I mean, he, he's not like the craziest, like he's got a he, he's right in the middle, like got a zero war for his entire career. Uh two thirty-five batting average, just kind of like one of your guys that everybody was hoping he'd be more than what he is. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but he, but he's not, you know, he, he's one of those guys that he, he just shows up to the ballpark, does his job and and goes home. He's not going to blow you away with his stats. I mean, only had 66 at bats last year. Uh, and of those 66 at bats, he only had 13 hits. So uh, below the Mendoza line last year, um, did have four stolen bases though. So I'm going to go Clint Frazier with my, uh, with my number 77.
1: Love it. Love it.
0: There, there were a lot. There's a lot of good guys that, that we could have picked from Though, I mean, uh, I looked at some of the NHL guys and I was like, I do NHL all the damn time. So um, had to do something different. Right. Uh, all right. Artie, before we get started, the, the Boneyard podcast, proud to be members of the Variety Sports Podcast Network. If you're watching on Variety Sports Network right now, shout out to you. If you're not, go follow them all right um lots of great content we're starting we are still talking about the nhl podcast i've had some things come up in life that hey i was like hey maybe in the new year um so that's on me the nhl podcast is going to be a thing though um working on that story storyboarding some of that now hopefully to have one in the new year um there's a new show called the timeout just aired last night check it out pretty interesting uh Format so, lots of great content. If you're in, interested in college basketball outside of ECU and, and college basketball in general, lots of great content about about that, right? So, um also great college football, fantasy football, gambling, whatever, whatever you could want, we got it at Variety Sports Network. Make sure you subscribe to them on YouTube, and if you're watching on on Variety Sports Network, make sure. You subscribe to us, the Boneyard Podcast on YouTube. All right, Artie. Um, first things first. Let, let's talk about we, we've kind of been leading off every episode with the transfer portal. Right? It's the biggest thing. The transfer portal closes, I believe, next week. Um, so we're we're getting to the end of the craziness. Right? Kids are going to have to be enrolling soon. They want to be there for spring ball. They're going to have to be enrolling very soon. So they don't have much time. Um, kind of a bombshell was dropped on ECU this past week, or I guess yesterday, um, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, bombshell was dropped. Antoine Jackson, cornerback, freshman cornerback from ECU, 17 years old, enters the transfer portal. I, I don't know if we should be shocked that Antoine Jackson is in the transfer portal. But I think that there are some people around ECU that, that are shocked. There's a story out there that he told coaches that he was coming back next year, went home, probably had somebody get in his ear, tell him, hey, you could get more money somewhere else. Comes back, enters the transfer portal, kind of in the darkness of night, mm-hmm. and then rides off into the sunset. We, I mean, we all know. The, the story, I mean, he, he came to ECU, um, took an official visit. He, he did the switcher, the hat that he played the hat game. Girlfriend goes to ECU or I don't know if they're still dating. Um, plays bas- basketball for ECU. And then, yeah, he decommitted. Got out of his NLI, his, his national letter of intent then commits to ECU comes to ECU in the in the summer balls out on the on the defense has i mean a stellar season i mean remembering he he was only 17 yeah true freshman and now he's in the portal right i i think that there's a lot of people thinking that i mean he's a lock to go back home to Miami i mean if you're if you're betting on where a kid's going to go Miami's probably going to be the place. And I I, I get it. We're, we're not going to talk bad about, about an athlete doing what's right for them. Right. I, I saw, I saw some people out there doing, doing that. Right. And yeah. I, to each their own, we're not going to talk bad about somebody doing what's right for them and what's right for their family. But it still sucks to, the way that, if the story's true, which I I believe it is true, um, that that he told the defensive staff that he was coming back, and then enters the portal, that's kind of shady.
1: No, I mean it's 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 definitely shady. I I I, I want to you know I want everybody to remember that we are talking about a kid here. We're not even talking about a senior in college. We're talking about a true freshman. We're talking about like. A, a guy that was in high school last year, right? So, you know, teenagers, they don't, they, you know, they, they can switch up their mind from day to day. It, it really just happens, right? Now, if the story is true, and I, and I believe you, yeah, I think that the story is probably true. Um, it is beat up the way that happened, you know, to to kind of inform the coaches, hey, I'm locked in, I'm a pirate, I'm going to come back. And then kind of, you know, the very next day, it's like, no, nah, Ashley Deuces, I'm, I'm getting up out of here. Yeah, that, that's a little beat up. It's a little shady. Um, but I firmly believe he had people chirping in his ear. Oh, yeah. this, was not, this was not a decision that he made on his own. He honestly might not even made a decision himself, right? Somebody might've made this decision for him. So um definitely not going to beat him up for that. I think he's going back to Miami. He wanted to be a cane through and through. Uh, that's that's just, he's from Florida. He grew up a Miami fan. He wanted to be a hurricane. The deal fell through. He came to ECU. I appreciate everything he did in his true freshman year. He bought out for us this year. You know, you, you can't sit here and be like, oh, well, the kid came here and didn't do nothing. No, he bought out. He would have been a starter next year. He would have been a contributor next year. So I appreciate everything that he did for ECU this season. I wish him nothing but the best. And uh, it sucks, but, you know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, and look, we've still got Siobhan Revel on the other side. Right. I mean, he's still there. He's locked in. Right. So, um, yeah, it sucks. It sucks when you lose a guy of that caliber. Highest rated recruit in ECU history. it sucks. It, it really does. And, and that that's just the day and age that we live in. And it, it just goes to show how important the NIL is to college athletics, right? Like we need to be supporting team Boneyard so that we can keep these guys. And granted, uh, it, it's hard to compete with the Miamis of the world with, with the, Florida States of the world with, with the Texas a ms of the world. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, it, it's hard to compete with them, especially from a financial standpoint, but we have to do what we can to keep talent and to recruit talent. Otherwise there's no point. Right. So he I I think he would have left either way. He, he was going to get a bigger opportunity right. somewhere else. If it wasn't this year, it was going to be next year. Right. As long as he didn't get injured, he was gonna get his. He was gonna get his opportunity somewhere else. Eventually, he wasn't gonna graduate from East Carolina University. Yeah, I don't was, think
1: he was not gonna be here three, four years. That just wasn't gonna happen.
0: And if you're thinking that he's a, he was a guy that was gonna be here, the entirety of his of his college career. I I, I mean, I got some uh, oceanfront property to sell you in Kansas. <laughs> All right, because he he wasn't gonna be here. We all knew he was going to transfer. It was just win, hoping that he he could get through another year or two before transferring out as as a junior or senior. But it's just the, the day and age that we live in, right? And college football, college athletics is going in this direction. And look, we want what's best for the athletes. We said it plenty of times. If you're new to the Boneyard podcast, here's our stance. We want what's best for the athletes, whether it's as many transfers as possible, whether it's NIL money, revenue sharing, we want that for the athletes because we know how how much they bring into the university. Now, if you would have asked me five years ago before we started this podcast, before we made friends, and when I say friends, real friends that are athletes, I I would have been on the other side of that. Right, like I would have said, no, like you have a commitment. I don't like the transfer, but now knowing what these kids do for the university and knowing what all they go through, right, I understand.
1: They got every right to make that business business uh, decision and, and and pack bags and, and head out. As long as it's not a messy divorce, right. As long as they leave on good terms. As long as it's not something that's that's you know detrimental to themselves or detrimental to the team they leave behind. You know, because there there have been some messy breakups, and and that's what you want to avoid. You want to avoid a messy breakup, but you're never going to fault a kid for doing something for their future.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Anything
1: else on Antoine Jackson, Arnie? Nope. Wish him the best. Uh, If he does end up at Miami, no shade. You know, have fun going seven and five (laughs) in Miami. (laughs) I I don't know if there's a program in, in in the country that does
0: less with more. Than
1: the University of Miami, Miami I, honestly, and I like Miami. I wish Miami would have been back 10 years ago. It's absurd that they haven't turned that program around. When Miami is good, it's good for college football. It's very good for college football. We need the u
0: It Them, Southern Cal, USC. We saw with Tennessee. Like, when those schools are good, it's good for college football. Right? And – I mean USC once again, kind of another one of those programs that does the
1: least with the most. Look, USC USC is a good D coordinator away from being a national champion. They they just they just need a D coordinator because they just can't do nothing right on that side of the ball. That's all they need. And and Lincoln Riley should be able to get something together. So
0: Lincoln Riley, come back home. Okay. Don't come uh, back home if you can't coach defense. We got Blake Carroll for that. All right. uh... Artie, next up, uh, some recent transfer offers. Like I said, the transfer portal closes in the next week or so. Uh, Two guys stand out. I want to say Jacarius Clayton, tight end from Mississippi State, 6'6", 240 pounds. Mm I don't have his stats in front of me, but, I mean, that's one of those guys. That's a position that, for a while, we we got away from it under the Scotty Moe days. We we've seen it come back in the, over the last two or three years. Yeah. Now we got to get ready for when we we got to we got to bolster that room up a little bit, right? We got Shane Calhoun, we got Riles, but we we, we need another guy, right? And that that's what I, I think they're thinking there. I believe he's got two years of eligibility left, um. So could be a get a good get. minute um, and then another one, Wyatt Hummel, offensive lineman. From Villanova, I mean, an FCS program that has had some pretty good success. They were in the playoffs this year. They I mean, had some
1: real good success. 6'6",
0: six, six, 330 pounds. And he, he's played all three positions on, on the offensive line. Believe believe he's played left tackle, left guard, and center. And those are all positions of need yeah. for East Carolina. So, he could slot in anywhere on that left side of the offensive line. That that would be a big get. So, Blow him up on on Twitter, y'all. He uh, mm-hmm. I, I've been seeing that he's been getting some offers. That
1: Johnny, that'd be a good one. That, that would be a that, good one. That that's that's definitely one that would be a good. One. I mean, he's coming from a program with some success. He kind of has that kind of that that not championship DNA because they didn't win any championships, but that playoff DNA. That kind of been there, done that. I know what it feels like to be in a winning locker room. Kind of DNA that is important to a to a team that's trying to build something and become something uh, special.
0: Yeah, I was I was watching his uh his tape already, and I mean more pancakes than IHOP. Just gonna say that. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't get the response I wanted out of that.
1: <laughs> I I don't know what I'm gonna do with you, Jack. I just want to do next
0: <laughs> <laughs> next. All right. Um, well, that's it on on the on the transfer portal already, but um that I have, do you have anything else on the transfer portal? Anything? Okay, I mean, offensive line is, is where we need that, that. That's where we, that's where we need help, right? You got, you got to commit from, from Maine. Maine's an okay program, but we we need somebody else. And, and that's kind of the last piece to make sure you're protecting your, your new guy. Right. Kane Hauser, friend of the podcast, Kane Hauser, um, or whoever is under center next year. Yeah. Making sure that you have our star studded running back room, giving them every opportunity that they can to make big plays. Because you can't have the pass defense that JDB wants to run without a rush offense like ECU is capable of having. If they have a, if they have a decent offensive line,
1: right? It all goes through the old line. I mean, you can have a star quarterback, right? But it's not like the NFL where like the star quarterback can put on the cape, save the day. Sometimes college football, if you don't have a good online that can, that can get that run blocking that pass blocking for you, even with a star quarterback, it's still going to expose itself. So that old line is definitely a point of emphasis and it is what I, I think the last point of emphasis that we really need to hone in on and get better immediately at
0: for sure. For sure.
1: All right, Artie. Around ECU athletics,
0: just do some quick hits here. Uh, women's basketball now 7-3. and three, Beat Charleston Southern uh, by a mark of 75-46. to 46. Had four players in double digits for the Pirates. Karina Gordon, Micah Dennis, Amaya Joyner, Denae McNeil. Yeah. Um, so, that, that, that was a good game. You got to test this weekend. A
1: test. A big test. You got to. This is the yeah. final boss. Yeah. Yeah. This this this, 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 there's no more final bosses. That, this is the final boss of final bosses. <laughs> like,
0: I mean, South Carolina, the Gamecocks, the Chickens, the Roosters coming into Greenville, ranked. Number one, numero uno, already in the country. Yeah. On Saturday. Minji's better be
1: rocking. Make sure y'all are getting y'all's tickets. Yeah, there better not be an empty seat in the I swear there better not be an empty seat. Not one. You kidding me? It's South Carolina, now. Shock the world, baby.
0: Shock the world!
1: Hey, you know, look. Are we going to beat South Carolina? No, I don't. I don't think we're going to beat South Carolina. No. Clip it, Josh. Um, clip it. Do I think we can compete with South Carolina? Absolutely. Now, you look at South Carolina's last five games. They only have one close game. I think that was uh, God. Who did they play? Wisconsin to somebody. I don't, I don't know who it was. They they beat them. Wisconsin to Houston. One of them, and they still ended up beating beating them by nine. But their last five games look scary. I mean, they've won by, like, 50, 30, 60, whatever it is. I mean, they're they're a scary good basketball program. Dawn Staley is my favorite women's basketball coach. Honestly, probably my favorite women's coach in general in in all sports. I love Dawn Staley. I love what she's done with that program. Um, Soccer lines will come to Minji's, expecting a blowout. So let's compete. Let's pack that house. Let's make it hard. For South Carolina, let's shock them because they're probably going to come in not thinking much, to be honest with you. They're they coming into Greenville, not probably not going to think much of that atmosphere, that environment. So that's going to play a huge factor. But you say shock the world. I just want to see a good game. And if we do end up shocking the world, phenomenal. But I just want to see, see us, see us ladies compete, put up a good performance. We got a good team ourselves. We're seven, seven and three. You know, we're I think we're coming off five straight victories ourselves. Um, I know they're, they're coming off of 10 or 11 straight to start the season. So um, these are two teams on, on hot streaks right now, right? So competitive nature, have it packed, have it raucous, be out there loud. Don't be belligerent. Don't be ignorant. But, uh, man, I wish I could be at this game. I really do. I really wish I could be here.
0: Already, uh, earlier in the season, they held a top 10 team. They beat a top 10 team, 171, beat Notre Dame. Then the very next game beat number fourteen Maryland, a team that ECU beat in an exhibition, uh, or came close to beating. I should say. I, I think I don't think ECU necessarily beat them, but um, one hundred fourteen to seventy six. Held Clemson to forty points.
1: Already, yeah, they they beat some team by seventy. I think. They, they, they definitely beat the team by 70.
0: they beat uh Mississippi Valley State 101 to 19.
1: that wasn't the game I was talking about but I, I didn't, no that's not real you're lying to me that's not that's not real
0: I, I'm Jared, telling that's you not real <laughs> they beat them 101 to 19 they beat Clemson 109 to 40.
1: Stop playing with me. They beat them 101 to 19.
0: They beat Morgan State 104
1: to 38. Oh, my goodness. Uh,
0: just a couple weeks ago, uh, less than two weeks ago, beat Presbyterian 99 to 29.
1: That's the one they won by 70. That That's the one I was thinking of. I thought that was the biggest blowout of the season. <laughs> Yo. 80 oh points. Oh, my goodness. Beat them by eighty points. Ooh, wow. Nineteen. Nineteen points. Nobody's defense is that good. I'm sorry. I, look, I know South Carolina's a juggernaut, but nobody's defense is that. They had to just be throwing up bricks, just straight bricks. The whole game. Uh, nobody's defense is that good. Here,
0: here, here's the quarter by quarter points for Mississippi Valley State. First quarter, six points. Second quarter, six points. Third quarter four points in the fourth quarter already they allowed only three points mm. while South Carolina had 20
1: 24 28 25 24. Jared if we if we lose this game by 20 or less we won.
0: Uh the closest game I'm, that they—I'm gonna I'm call it a
1: victory. If we lose this game by twenty or less, I'm gonna call it a victory. The
0: the closest game that they've been in already is a seven point win over twenty fourth ranked Chapel Hill. Wow. And that was, I believe, in Chapel Hill.
1: No, look, we, we, we've got a damn good women's basketball program. We're going to score more than 19. I can promise you that. I can promise you we're going to score more than 19. Um, but, wow. They've only won
0: twice by single digits. They're 11-0. Only two games they've won by single digits. And both of them were teams in the top 25. Yep. Look, if we lose, yeah, I'll say 20 points. I haven't been able to find a line on this uh, on this game of spread. Um, I'm going to set it already. I'm going to set it at 27 points.
1: 27 points?
0: Okay. 27 and a half, okay? Does ECU cover?
1: I'll tell you what let's 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 say this game is like 85 65 final right I'm walking away from that game saying we can be anybody other than talking about <laughs> we, we can we be anybody that's 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 how I'm walking away from that game. So there we go. All
0: right. I mean then you start conference play. Get through the next one. Hey, you're 6-0 at home. 6-0 at home. Make it 7-0 this, this Saturday.
1: No matter no matter what happens in the South Carolina game, I think our women's basketball program will be just fine. But get out there. For the, for the love of God, folks, get out to that game. Get there.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, already we, we can't switch to men's yet without mentioning Saniya Johnson. Yeah. Out for the season with a broken fibula. Um, big hit to the starting lineup for the, for the lady pirates, but, uh, especially, especially on, on defense and, and you're going to need it against the team that consistently puts up over a hundred points. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, tough to see that she's a true pirate. Uh, I mean, hit 500 point career points in her last game. So, uh, she's out for the season. I believe ha- has one more year of eligibility. She should be back next year, but tough, tough to see that. But get out there, get the menjis, get that place rocking. All right, Artie. Um, let, let's talk. Let's talk some men's hoops. Okay, men's basketball improves to seven and five with a win over Delaware State, beating them seventy nine to fifty. Mm-hmm. I mean, R.J. Felton scored twenty six points. Look, yeah, you've had some duds in there, right? Losing to USC Upstate. It shouldn't You shouldn't ever lose to USC Upstate, but you did, right? You played it pretty close with two SEC teams that, last time I saw, they were listed as the first four out or the last four out. So... ECU men's, there's opportunity there, right? They got a test coming up themselves once we get to conference play, but we got to talk about – let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, Josh, I believe you have a clip you wanted to play. Looking over the next five games, you got South Carolina at home. Then you play a, a neutral site game against Florida home against Delaware State, home against East East Tennessee, Eastern Tennessee, and then you go on the road, play Florida Atlantic. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha.
1: East, Eastern, oh, God. Oops. I don't give a damn. <laughs> no, you can't do that. You cannot. I do don't.
0: That. I don't care. As-
1: As a proud pirate, as someone, you literally have a podcast about your alma mater. You literally have gone to that over and over and over again about people not getting our name right. It's not Eastern. It's East. And you do the same thing about another school, brother. I love it. I love it.
0: East Tennessee State. (laughs) University. Uh, um, yeah, East Tennessee State comes in to town. Uh, going back to the transfer portal, Brock Winstead just uh announced that he's committing to East Tennessee State. So, shout out Brock, um, former long snapper for ECU. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you host East Tennessee State, and then. Don't want to look too far ahead of ourselves. We got to play this game against East Tennessee State. But then you got to go on the road and play a very tough team in number seven, Florida Atlantic. I mean, a team that just beat the number four team in the country last week.
1: Yeah, and they're like it's it's still like early in the season and they are already battle tested. Like Florida Atlantic has played so many good teams already and and they're still a top 10 program right now. That's I mean, they they are firing on all cylinders. They're getting really good at the right time. Um we need this East uh, Tennessee game to really get some momentum, really go into that game off a of win. We we cannot go into that game off a of, off a of, off a of loss. Cuz I feel like it's just going to be they're just going to blow us out in the first half. Um, we got to go into that game with a win. We got to have some momentum. We got to feel good about ourselves. Be sitting at eight and five, um, some good juju. Because we, it's going to take everything to go into Boca Raton and even compete. We're not even talking about getting a win. We're talking about just competing with that caliber of a team. It's going to take everything.
0: Granted, I mean they they've they they've got a loss on. Do they have one loss or two losses now? They've got
1: two losses, but they got two losses to ranked opponents, I believe. No, they they lost to Bryant. They lose to Bryant. They lost to Bryant. I know one of those is a ranked opponent. That they, they did lose. They to lost to Bryant. Bryant. And they lost to Illinois. Okay. Lost to Illinois in Madison Square Garden. I'm gonna say the Bryant one is a mulligan. I, I'm I'm gonna give him that. That day the, the the real FAU didn't show up that day. Now, granted, you can't be out here losing to Bryant, but regardless, that team that lost to Bryant is not the team that ECU is gonna face the tone January second.
0: Yeah, um, we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna see a we're gonna we're gonna have to see a team play a full game of basketball, and I'll I'll said it before, say it again. Hey, I mean anything can happen. I mean we're just what three years removed from beating a top five team. And Minji's in front of nobody.
1: Yeah, <laughs> what what a travesty, man! I, I think about that game all the time, and think what a travesty that we couldn't we couldn't do a court storm for that. That, because mm-hmm. we don't know where we're gonna see that again.
0: Yeah, I mean, Florida Atlantic doesn't come into Greenville this year. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure it out. Um. Let's shock the world. Let's shock the world twice. Men's and women's in the next. Can event. you imagine?
1: It's not going to happen. Can you imagine? Our women's basketball teams beat South Carolina, then our men's goes on the road and beats Florida Atlanta. I'm calling this a blue blood. We're, we're going to officially be a blue blood. we make that happen. Mm. You see, it was a basketball school.
0: We already knew that, already. <laughs> All right. I don't have anything else on, on basketball. Let, already. it's the new year, right? 2024, less than a week away. And every year we, we talk about New Year's resolutions as a podcast, as humans for ECU. And we're going to do the same this year. We're going to do it a little bit differently this year. I still want to know what your New Year's resolution is. hmm Okay. But let's talk New Year's resolution for basketball. We're going to break it up for football by position group. And then also baseball, which I, I mean, it's going to be chalk. We already know what baseball is. Everybody yeah. knows what baseball's New Year's resolution is from now until the end of time. But basketball first. We'll go men's and women's. Women's. Win the conference tournament again. Go to the NCAA tournament.
1: Back-to-back conference championships. Go to the NCAA tournament and shock somebody. Win a game in the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Let, let's make it past the first round. Yeah. Yeah. In the NCAA tournament.
1: That will be my New Year's resolution for women's basketball.
0: All right. Men's basketball. What, what's your New Year's resolution for men's basketball?
1: Um, Finish at least five games over 500. That, I, like that, that. I, I don't care how we get it. I don't care how we do it. Um, five games over 500, right? Like like have some real separation between you in, in the wins and losses columns. Because to me, that kind of really elevates – the thinking and the psyche of what this program can be. And, you know, instead of just being you know, middle of the pack, one game below 500, one game above 500, at least finish five games over 500. That's my new year's resolution for men's basketball.
0: Yeah. I'm going to say, I won't say five games over 500. I'm going to say finish over 500 and make noise. Like beat somebody in The conference tournament, like let let's make some noise, scare some people in the conference tournament. I'm not saying we're going to win the conference tournament, not saying we're going to even make it to the finals, but I would love to see us at least make it to the semifinals, and I think that I think that's achievable, Mm -hmm. right? Like looking at where we are in the conference right now, I think that that's attainable. Still a lot of basketball to be played, yeah. But I I would say, hey, let let's do that. Maybe, I mean, I, I don't I don't think our net rankings right now. Are currently good enough to be considered, even really for the NIT. But let's play some postseason basketball this year, right? Whether it's the the CBI or whatever they call it now, CIT,
1: right. at least get invited to some sort of playoff tournament. Yeah,
0: correct. So uh, that that's where I'm putting my New Year's resolution for for the for basketball. Make some noise in, in the conference tournament. Be over 500 and play some postseason basketball, build that pedigree because you've still got some time with this core of players going in under Mike Schwartz over the next two three years. Yeah. So start building that
1: winning mentality now. I'll also add, still a game in conference you're not supposed to steal, right? Against against one of these better teams in conference that you're not supposed to beat, still a game.
0: There's a great game on on January second to to steal. Yeah, mm, would love that. Would love that. All right, Artie, we don't have to go through every position. We we can go through some of them. Um, well, let's go through the defense, and I, I I'm not, I'm just gonna group like the edge defensive line and linebackers together. We, I'm yeah. not gonna on here gonna give any individual. New Year's resolutions. I might have some on the offense, on the defense. Let, let, let's talk. Let, let's talk front seven right now. What is your New Year's resolution for the D line front seven?
1: Um, uh, we talking. We talking for the year. Yes. Whew. front seven D line. For the year, I would like to see 10 to 15 sacks from that front seven on the year. Um, Would like to see at least 25 to 30 tackles for loss from that front seven on the year. Um, Quarterback pressures, at least I would say three to five QB pressures a game. I don't know what that is for the year. Quick math
0: quick math says 36 or 60. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: said 36 or
0: 60. You know why that margin is? <laughs> well, if you if you're doing 3 to 5, the low end is 36. Okay. All right. Five yeah. the high end is 60. So, I mean, you're going to have some median in there. What is that like 48?
1: So let's 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 say 48, 48. Like for the season. Um and then gang tackling. Obviously, I I, I want I, I want relentless pursuit to the football. I like mean, tough guys. I don't like I don't like finesse. I don't like sweet guys on my defense. I want you mean, I want you tough. I don't want you out there trying to hurt nobody. But I, I mean, if
0: it people. happens, it happens.
1: I want you bringing people to the ground with some attitude. So that's what I would want for my front seven. New Year's
0: resolution. If he dies, he dies. Yeah. Um, now, I I would agree with with, with those stats. Um, I I want to see. I believe EC was top thirty rush defense in the country this past year. I'd like to see us enter the top twenty. Mm-hmm. I I think that's possible. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to see see EC finishing the top twenty rush defense in the country. Um, I would like to see more sacks. It, it seemed like we were in the backfield a lot last year, but we could just never get get them on the ground to the quarterback.
1: Get them on the ground.
0: Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my over under at 12 and a half sacks. I, I feel like that's that's a good spot, kind of right in the middle of where you were. Um, already I'd, I'd like to see us. Over that twelve and a half. Um yeah. yeah, I agree. At least a sack a game, right? I I don't think that's too much to ask. It's not. Yeah, especially looking at the schedule we have next year. I don't. I don't think that's too much to ask. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and and I think it would be better. Uh, it would be nice to. We we've seen interceptions from from our secondary. Teams at times last year were were throwing in the soft areas mm-hmm. over the middle. Um, I'd like to see our linebackers come down with two or three sacks of their own.
1: And what I, what I'll add to that is is creating more negative plays, making it easier on our secondary, putting other people's or you know the opposition's offense in a third and seven, third and eight, and long kind of scenario where they they're just behind the sticks. And it's just really difficult. I would love to see more negative plays created on first and second down.
0: For sure. All right. Any, anything else on, on the front seven?
1: I got another on the front seven.
0: All right. Uh, secondary. The D-backs. Yeah. Is it too much to ask for Shavon Revel? To have five picks
1: by himself. That's a damn good year.
0: I mean, what did Jaquan McMillan have his, his last year at ECU? Ooh, you put me on the spot. I, I think that, I think that I think he had four, maybe five.
1: He had he had quite a few,
0: but I mean, five, five, a ball is a,
1: five is a damn good you are a ball he, a He's going to
0: be on the best receiver that ECU is going to be facing week in and week out. I uh, maybe uh, maybe I'll temper expectations and say four, mm-hmm. but I, I think that four interceptions we've seen we saw it. He was all over the
1: place yeah. last year.
0: There's opportunities there, and he's going to get the number one matchup right. every week going into next season.
1: We're talking about the secondary as a whole right now, right?
0: But. Secondary as a whole, I mean I, what would you say?
1: I take eight pitch? interceptions as a whole for that secondary, I think is I think it's pretty good. I'll take maybe, it. Maybe ten, but I I think eight I think eight's pretty good.
0: just looking here on uh on defense Last year, I believe we had, what, six?
1: So, yeah, you bumped that number up another two to eight. That's a that's a pretty good year from your secondary, right? Eight interceptions in a 12-game regular season. Yeah, I'll take that. Mm.
0: I'll take that for sure. All right. All right, Let's move to the offense. Let's do it. Or before we do that, defense as a whole. I I, I kind of already said mine. Top twenty rush defense. Like to see defense as a whole. Mm-hmm. Stay consistently in the in the top twenty. Maybe crack.
1: Now, where did we finish as a whole this past season, nationally? I believe we were around 35, 37. Nationally. Okay. So it, it's going to be hard to, to to bump up almost 20 spots in a year. But I would say 26, 27th nationally. We can get up, you know, eight to 10 slots from where we were last year as a defense. I mean, we had a damn good defense last year. Um, but we're sitting in that top 25, top 26 range nationally as a defense. Um, that's pretty scary. That's pretty scary. So I, we, I would love to see that.
0: We were 38th 38,
1: 38 total defense. Which is still really good. <laughs> that, that's still really good. Um, yeah, 20, 25, 26, 27, that range right there. I think that's where I would like to see our defense moving up as far as next year as a whole, as a whole unit. Um, rush defense, obviously probably going to be a little better than the pass defense. So maybe sitting in that, that, that top 20. Rush defense, but as a whole, yeah. You know, EC was, I believe, number
0: two in the country on fourth down defense.
1: Last two years straight, we've been good on fourth down, man. Our fourth down defense last two years running has has been pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, I mean, this defense is good.
1: Blake Hurl for president.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, and then I'm looking at we weren't in the top fifty for interceptions. I believe we were like I said, we I believe we only had like Oh, I am looking at the wrong stat. Oh well. Um yeah. I, I top twenty defense. Top twenty defense.
1: Okay. That that's I I, I if you Jerry, if we got Jerry, twenty got top twenty defense man between twenty and twenty
0: five, to... I'll, I'll say between twenty and twenty five, like a top twenty five. Like,
1: I, I think that there's the ability to be that good. Because I mean, our, our defense last year only gave up twenty two points a game on average. We got a top twenty defense. I mean, we only... still
0: finished two and ten.
1: <laughs> we are right, the yeah. Walmart brand, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> like that defense only gave up twenty two points a game. So top twenty means we're giving up seventeen, maybe less than that. Wrong. That's tough.
0: That is, that's real tough. All right, Artie. Um, offense. Let's get into it. Running backs. Is it too much to say for Rajay Harris? 750 and 7. I don't think it is. Do you think he could get to a thousand? I don't I don't knowing his role in the running back room, I don't know if he can get to a thousand. I do think with a good offensive line or an improved offensive line, a full season removed from his ACL injury, he could get to seven fifty. Fairly easily,
1: yeah, and and, and you know I, I'm not going to put a thousand on him like that. Um, I think I think he's he's definitely capable. He's capable of getting a thousand. The you know the Roger Harris that, that we've seen fully healthy off that injury. Uh, that Roger Harris we injury.
0: saw in, in the last game of the season this year.
1: Yeah, that that's 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 Roger Harris. Yeah, that that is that's the that's the guy we know and love. Um, I think 750 is is, is definitely attainable where I think he'll actually finish, I think he would actually finish around 850, 900. I think he's going to be right under, a thousand. I don't see him getting a thousand, um, but 750 is absolutely obtainable.
0: Seven touchdowns?
1: Yes. I, and that's, that's where I had him. I had him between seven to 10 touchdowns on the season. We're going to need him to score seven to 10 touchdowns.
0: Okay.
1: I, I also, I, I would like to see
0: Javius Bond have a four year healthy. Don't, his New Year's resolution is to stay healthy,
1: yeah.
0: right? Rehabilitate during this offseason, get right, get in the weight room with, with Big John, come back next year. I also don't want to see him playing special teams at all. Yeah. That's a guy, you don't put him on special teams. U- unless he's going to try to be a kicker turner, which I don't think we need him to be. That, that that's a guy that that I, I want to stay healthy. Got injured in that SMU game. Missed a couple weeks. Sprained ankle on the very first kickoff of the game. Injured. Yeah. Out out three to four weeks. He's got that explosive ability. That if he's healthy, I'm not going to put Keaton Mitchell on him. But he he is damn good, and it's a damn good one-two punch.
1: Right
0: along with the along with a defensive coordinator scheming for an air raid high velocity offense that we're expecting to see out of coach JDB having a guy that can oh we're going to hand it off bust it for 20 or 25 get yards after contact that's a guy that I need healthy He's going to go through it. Yeah. So Javius Bond plays in all 12 games next year.
1: Okay.
0: Anything else on the running backs for you?
1: No, and I would say overall from that room, um, give me over 1,200 yards rushing from that that room.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll take that. I mean – granted that this is with overall ECU had a, over 1600 yards rushing this past year.
1: Then that wasn't on for the running back so.
0: No. But I mean you got to remember Mason Garcia had a couple couple big games but yeah. um looking at 2 years ago right Keaton Mitchell whole nailers
1: yeah, I'm wait. yeah. That that was. Yeah, uh, 2,400
0: yards total rushing. Now, if we, if
1: we hit 2,000, I mean, that, that's where we want to be is 2,000. But overall, so I'm just going to hamper expectations a little bit. You said what? 1,600. I, you know, I, I, since we had 1,600 this year, because I didn't know we had that many rushing yards this year. I'm gonna do 1,700. Okay. Overall, let's get up, let's get over 1,700 rushing yards.
0: I'm for it. I'm for it. All right. uh, Next, Artie. Let's talk offensive line. Allow. I want to say. Well. Less than. mm. It's really hard to do with this offensive line. Lots of moving parts. They're bringing a lot of new guys. They already weren't that great. New offensive line coach. Less than 10 sacks. And... I'll say... Less than what 20, 25 tackles for loss.
1: I like the less than ten sacks. Um,
0: and I, I'm talking. I'm also like I'm. I'm accounting tackles for loss. Like if we run a screenplay, that there's a tackle for loss there.
1: Right. Right.
0: Like that. That's not on the offensive line. <laughs> that's on. That's on edge blocking.
1: Yeah, I, I would I would agree with those numbers.
0: Um I'm talking your running back's not getting blown up behind the line of scrimmage.
1: That that that's more so my, my thinking, right? Is is, is that our, our rushing our, our, our rush blocking is to the point where we can get more than one to two yards on on a on a, on a play as far as, as far as a rushing attempt. And then our pass blocking is allowing our quarterbacks to get at least two to three seconds to pass the ball, right? Like, he he can literally count to three Mississippi and still have a little bit of time to get the ball out of his hand. So.
0: I mean, you average three and a half yards per play. You're getting first downs more times than not. Right? So. We need that. We we need I I, I'd like to see us average four and a half yards per play. And that that that's a stat that you're gonna look at and it's gonna be because the offense. It's
1: gonna be attributed to the offensive line.
0: Don't we we can't be we've got the quarterback now. We know what we've got in the running back room. You bring in a bunch of studs at wide receiver. If the offensive line can be even somewhat good uh maybe not even good if they're if they're tenable
1: mm-hmm.
0: like that word already tenable if they're tenable and you can average four and a half yards per per play you're gonna be in a good spot if your running backs are averaging four yards per carry I'm happy granted you're gonna have some big ones you're gonna have some some ones that don't do much of anything, but it all falls on the offensive line from that standpoint. We've seen Caden Hauser watching his clips. He knows when to tuck the ball and run. Now, is he a dual threat quarterback? I, I, I wouldn't put him there, but he can be. He can get it done with his legs if he has to, mm-hmm. Um, which is something that I think ECU struggled with from the quarterback position, right? This past year, Alex Flynn had trouble going through his assignments, going going through his reads. Mason Garcia I I, I think that there was just some kind of he had the yips, right? Like I, I hate to put that on anybody, but he had the yips. No, yeah, he he he, he just looked like he did. He, he, he just looked like he, you know, make the decision. Right. Neither of them looked like they could make the decision. Part of that was because they didn't have time to make a decision, but as the year went on, they had more time and more time, got more comfortable with the offensive line. That that's something that's going to have to happen quick. We got to get the offensive line figured out, otherwise it's gonna be it's gonna be another long year. Um, all right, tight ends.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for this room, man. We got we got a we got an offensive coordinator that knows how to do something some tight ends. I'm excited for this room. I think there's going to be a lot of growth.
0: Any New Year's resolutions?
1: Well, I mean, they're, they're obviously an extension of the O-line, right? So we, we, we definitely need some guys that know what to do as far as the run blocking and pass blocking. But as far as being able – because we haven't utilized the tight end position as well as we have in years past, and as well as some of these other teams are utilizing the tight end position. So, I mean, I would love to see – three to five catches a game from that from that tight end spot right three to five touchdowns on the year maybe even maybe a little more than that maybe i'll I'll put it at seven touchdowns on the year from that from that tight end uh uh, position and really utilizing it to when defenses are least expecting it, right so like you're opening up in the run game you open up in the pass game all of a sudden boom you got a 15 20 yard you know pass play downfield from from one of your tight ends right like really utilizing them when we need it most. Um, But I just want to see us using that position to the best of our abilities because the tight end, when you have a good tight end, you know how to use a good tight end. It can be critical to the success of your offense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, EC
0: last year had less than 200 yards total for their tight ends. That's absurd. And we're talking after a year after we were saying Ryan Jones could be drafted. Right? Um, granted, Shane Calhoun had two touchdowns. 15 receptions, 119 yards. Average eight yards per reception. Get the ball in Shane Calhoun's hands. There's opportunities there. We've seen it. We whole nailers could figure it out. I don't think that they incorporated the tight end in the game plan last year enough.
1: They did.
0: That's that's not on. That's not on the tight end. They were having to help out the offensive line more times than not.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm gonna say Shane Calhoun. The tight end room. You, you said seven touchdowns. Seven
1: touchdowns as a whole. The tight end room.
0: Okay, I'm going to say 500 yards from the room, and I'll also say seven touchdowns.
1: I like it. But uh, like well, We've got to use that room more. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you look at the NFL, man, they've mastered the tight end position. you right. got, like, ten really famous tight ends. Like, they've mastered it. So, we've got to use that position more. All right.
0: Wide receivers, Artie. Chase Sowell, he's back. Brock Spaulding, back. Then you got a buttload of transfers coming in. Winston Wright Jr. from Florida State. Omega Blake, South Carolina. Anthony Smith, NC State. Chase Sowell is still wide receiver one. Uh, yeah,
1: he's he's, he's he's wide receiver one until somebody take it from him. That's wide receiver one. Like.
0: He's number one. Now, what's interesting to me, Artie, is ECU went out and added a bunch of guys that run four 440s yeah. to their wide receiver room. They added speed to this wide receiver room. Something that we haven't had in in I think <clears throat> with JDB's offense, with the weapons you've added, granted, hopefully Winston Wright Jr. is healthy. I've heard Omega Blake like talking to some guys from South Carolina. They thought he he could be the real deal. Right? Anthony Smith, I, I think he runs like a four 40 It's insane. Yeah. These are guys that, if you can give them a chance to run under a ball, we're going to see a lot of big-time explosive plays. I'm going to say, for the wide receivers, and this is partially on, on the quarterback too, but I would like to see us have 17 plays or more of passes caught, fifteen yards downfield or more. Nah, just round up, maybe twenty. Okay, I was gonna say twenty, but I was I was tempering yeah. it. I was trying to temper my expectations a little bit.
1: 20, 20
0: plays of fifteen yards or more. I don't even
1: think that's that that much of an ask.
0: Now I I don't. I'm saying the target of the like we're not talking yards after catch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're talking yeah targeted downfield at least 15 at oh, least 15 yeah. yards yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i i'm saying those are completions
1: yes okay all right well i would i would i would say 20 and honestly what what do you what do you say about yards and like what do you what do you say this this room as a whole yards total for 2024
0: What do we say? Seventeen hundred from the from the rushing, from rushing, five hundred from the tight ends. It's twenty two hundred yards right there. Four thousand, four two 4,250?
1: So you're saying that because I mean um, you're
0: gonna you're gonna have a guy like Chase Sowell who is gonna pop off and have. I mean, I think Chase Soul. We could we could be talking about two guys getting pretty damn close to to a thousand yards. So you're saying the wide
1: receiver room as a whole has over two thousand yards. You said you you're putting it for like, sure, 2, yes, for 2, sure, twenty two hundred, yes, because you weren't saying they were going to have over four thousand yards. They're not having. They're not getting. 4,000. I, I, I'm thinking
0: more like four thousand yards passing. Okay, so yeah, um, I I, th- I think. Two thousand to thirty five hundred yards. Yeah, I I think it's doable. We saw even last year, Chase Soul make it happen.
1: How many pass yards? How many how many pass yards do we have this this past year as a team? Josh, do you do you have that? I know we average one hundred and sixty two pass yards a game. So that would be.
0: Over twelve hundred, probably closer to thirteen fifty.
1: So I'm gonna say twenty-two hundred from that wide receiver room. Okay. I need twenty-two or more, twenty-two hundred or more from that wide receiver. I role.
0: I, I think I think you have Chaseol. I think gets. I, I think Chase Chaseol pushes a thousand yards. I think 1, he pushes a thousand
1: too.
0: Yeah. I I would not be surprised. But I
1: do not believe we're getting a C.J. Johnson, Isaiah Wednesday kind of year out this room. So I think I the second-best receiver is probably going to be creeping around 650 <clears throat> 700. I, I don't know, Artie.
0: I, I think you might have a guy with the speed in this room and competent quarterback play. I, I could see having a guy at, at 1,200, close to 1,200, and another guy with
1: – I could see another guy having 650-700 yards. Okay. We had nineteen hundred passing last year with that horrible offense that we had last year.
0: That's nineteen hundred yards from two guys that I, I just said. Yeah. So and then I'll you put in Brock Spaulding, you put in two of the other wide receivers getting yards, and they're gonna pop off it. There's going you're gonna have games where you're gonna throw it all over somebody.
1: And I mean, our schedule—you play about, Norfolk State I, to start the say, season. We, we got a, We got an enticing schedule. I mean, it is—it is an absolutely delicious schedule. The be, yes, the definitely. best team you
0: play is, is Liberty. Nobody on our schedule scares me. Everybody else, every team, has lost a bunch. Granted, we lost some, but we lost all on offense. But our offense was anemic.
1: Yeah.
0: I think that this offense, this style of play, total offense, Artie, 4,800 yards.
1: 5, I'll give you 4,800. I'll I'll I will agree with that. I'll I'll, I'll agree with 4,800 yards total offense for next year, with I the mean, kind of spread offense that JDB wants to play, with the kind of speed guys, over the top guys. You're looking at hold.
0: averaging 400 yards of offense every game.
1: Now, granted, this is all you know with the pieces actually coming together and and being able to mesh well. because it like everything is coming together immediately, and chemistry is, a, is is a real big thing. So I mean, all these new guys got to come in and like really 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 vibe with each other and, and mesh well. But if it works out the way we want it to work out, I can see that.
0: Yeah. This offense is going to be a complete 180. Now, Artie, last year, ECU had 22 total touchdowns on the year. It's it's not really great.
1: Bad. That's really bad. Not great that's
0: really bad. Um average 4.3 yards per play. Last year alone we had 3300 yards.
1: Yeah,
0: of total offense. I'm saying you add uh, Is it crazy for me to think that we could add 1500 yards? Is that mm-hmm. crazy? Am I am I insane? But
1: you have to remember, we had a bad offense, right? So we had we had a override. terrible offense. We had bad quarterback play. We had drops we had everywhere from the wide receiver room. room. So that's that's a bad offense, right? So if you actually have a competent offense and a team that can go out there and put up some points, then adding an additional fifteen hundred yards really is not out the realm of possibility. It really shouldn't be that hard at all, right? But again, it's going to be banking on <laughs> these guys coming in and buying in immediately and being able to work together immediately outside of what the coaches are saying, outside of – the, like, these guys got to come in and do it on their own, too. They got to have their own side stuff that they're doing together, hanging out together, meshing with each other, having their little own side workouts and things like that. Like, they got to really buy in right now and be like, okay, we can get this offense together immediately, but we really got to put in that work. Like, it's 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 going to take some work. But it's doable.
0: Forty-eight hundred yards over twelve games, already four hundred yards of of offense per game. Granted, you're you're not gonna have that every single game. <clears throat> Let let's let's round it off at forty-five hundred. I still think, even at forty-five hundred yards, with the defense that you have, if right, you can, the add,
1: defense that we believe we're gonna have next year.
0: I mean, if and you're adding, that we're if you're able to add 15 touchdowns to where you're at 37 touchdowns on the year from your offense, granted your defense is probably going to score some too. ECU top 40 last year in scoring defense. I mean, there, there's opportunities there, right? I think that. Adding 15 touchdowns isn't out of the realm of possibility. I'm going to say 35 to 40 touchdowns from the offense next year. I, I think that's doable. I think if you you can average 28 to 35 points a game, you're good. You're in a, you're in a good spot.
1: I would agree. I, I would say, you know – in today's world of college football, you probably need to have an offense averaging over 24, definitely. Um, right. So, yes, if, if we can average 28 points, 27, 28 points a game, we can add an additional, like, 15 touchdowns, like you said, which I think is doable to do because we had a very inept offense last year. I don't see it out the realm of possibility. I really don't. You also
0: got to remember how many times we missed a field goal. How many t- – like, the, the scoring, granted, that's on special teams – we would put ourselves in positions def- – the defense would put ourselves – put the offense in great positions to come away with something, and we just wouldn't. Right. We just wouldn't. I mean, it It, it was honestly
1: – I'll also say – last thing I'll say as an offense as a whole, because I'm just not seeing this stat. Third down conversion rate was 29.3%. 29.3 third down conversion rate. That is god awful. So I would well, love I I need that to double. <laughs> well when you're when you've
0: got when you've got third
1: and eight, third and seven. Right. It, it's, it's damn near impossible. But you you can't you can't score it third down conversion to 29%. You can't score. You I like, would be interested four. to
0: see how many three and outs you had. So that that percentage has to double. I know. I know there was a game. I believe it was SMU, maybe, where neither team had a first down until like five minutes left in the first quarter.
1: I mean that's, yeah. All right, and that third down conversion was one twenty six in the country. So,
0: Kane Hauser. Show whatever I thought you were when you were coming out, out of college or out of high school. If you could show that and be a, a leader. He talked about last week when he was on the podcast. Was, was that last week we had him? Show that you are the leader of this offense. Bring these guys together. Kane Hauser is a second-team all-conference next year. Uh, Uh, I think he makes second-team all-conference. That's his New Year's resolution. I feel like that's doable.
1: I mean, he is coming out of one of the best conferences in football, right? Against some of the toughest defenses. The the, the Big Ten only plays second fiddle to the SEC. So, he has played some of the best defenses in the entire country. He could absolutely come into the American and do what he wants to do here.
0: I would love it. I would love it. All right, Artie. Um, So, offense, we're going to say average 28 yards per game or 28 points per game next year
1: I like it I like 28. considering you know what I'm gonna mm, you know screw it. I'm gonna say 28 yeah I'm gonna say 28 what were you gonna say? I'm gonna say 28 say it no no I think I think I was gonna I was gonna load about by, by like a by like a by like a point or two but you know what I like I like 28 I like I like to even 28.
0: four touchdowns already special That's teams good. we were 17 for 25. Field Goals. Got to get that up. Conrad. There's opportunity there. He he was nails at times last year.
1: Right. I mean there was, He he there was, was
0: knocking down five
1: straight in, in a game.
0: So I mean he he won us that game against Florida Atlantic. He won that game. Now And he, there was, I think, I think his long this year was 49, a career long. I would like to see him get more consistency from the hash. I I would like to see us with a field goal percentage over 90%. It's not
1: going to happen. You don't think...
0: You don't think it'll happen?
1: It's not gonna happen, guys. At no, third no, year, no, huh?
0: Guys, third year kicking. You don't think it could happen?
1: Over ninety percent, Jared. I mean, that's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I, I will say, I will say eighty three to eighty five percent. Okay, so yeah, I guess.
0: We don't, uh, we don't have
1: Jake Verity walking through the door, brother. <laughs> I mean, I, I, and he, and I, I'm usually a math out. guy
0: already, but okay. So let's just say he went 22 for 25 this year. He went 17 for 25. Mm-hmm. We're adding five kicks to him. That puts him at 88%. Okay, let's say 80%, 20 of 25. I, I'm, I'll am i go with that. 90, 90% was a little
1: steep. But not, not so high.
0: My, my math is all off, but yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. 80%. Okay. And uh, I don't know how many punts we had blocked this year. It felt like a lot. Um, I'm going to say less than two punts blocked all year. I feel like we, I feel like we were always having punts blocked. Maybe that's just, I don't know. We were punting it so much. I feel like, I feel like that has to do with the yeah, offense.
1: That was about, yeah, that was a lot of pun blocks.
0: It was, it, it was brutal to watch at times. All right, Alrighty, Um, baseball. Let's get into it. You want to do resolutions first, or or we can we can do those after? But, um, so American Athletic preseason award announcements. Came out today. ECU baseball has picked to finish first in the conference with only one voter not choosing the pirates. I Are don't you- think you can vote for your own team, so that one voter was Cliff Godwin. Yeah. Um and he voted for South Florida. Charlotte was number two. I don't I don't know who I know Charlotte was number two. I can't remember the exact order behind that. South Florida, I think, was picked fifth. That was where his one vote went. Um and then Six players announced as all preseason, all AAC, including three pitchers, Trey Savage, uh, the 2024 preseason pitcher of the year, Zach Root, Danny Bill, and then uh, as as your fielding positions, catcher Justin Wilcoxon, uh, first baseman Carter Cunningham, and outfielder Jacob Jenkins Cowart. Lots of high praise for the pirates. Per usual. I mean, the goal isn't to be conference champions. Right. The goal isn't to win the conference tournament. It's not even to really win a regional. The only goal for ECU baseball is to make it to Omaha. So only this left. I mean. So only this left. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves and say. It. Our only goal is winning the national championship because we're not there yet, but we're, there's an opportunity to win the national championship. Just get in. Just get in this year. ECU. I mean, Cliff Godwin has said, it, I believe the last three years in his press conference after the season ends in the NCAA tournament, <clears throat> he says we're banging on the door, which is got to, Kick that thing, kick that thing down. Paraphrasing, of course. This year, ECU kicks down that door and gets to Omaha.
1: And hey, look, we're going we gonna to keep saying it till we do it. So <laughs> every year we've had this podcast, we've said the same thing, and we're going to keep saying the same thing until it happens. Because at this point, Yes, conference championships are nice. Those that that is that is still a goal. You know, great regular seasons are nice. That is still a goal, but regionals are nice. That's definitely still a goal. But we've been there, done that, right? We know what that feels like. We've done that plenty of times—not just a couple times. We've done it a lot. Um, so it, it's Omaha. It's it's Omaha or bust. So,
0: yeah, for sure. Um.
1: All right, Artie, walk the plank. You got one. Ooh. Man, I don't think I gotta walk the plank this week, brother. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not mad at nobody right now. I don't think I'll walk the plank. Um Yeah, no. I think mine
0: already for the first time in my life. I'm gonna say something. Clip clip this. I am on the side of Dave Doran for the first time in my life, Artie. For the first time. Wow. Mac wow. Mac Brown was upset. That there was a a camera. He wasn't upset at the camera. He was upset that Dave Doran called. I believe he called Tar Hill players little shits. <laughs> That's funny. And, and Mac Brown ended up calling Dave Doran classless. Dave Doran said, "Look, was I wrong in calling somebody a little shit? Yes. Did I think I was being recorded? No. I didn't know. There's the le- they're supposed to tell us when a, ca- a camera's in the room. Nobody told me. I don't know if I believe that or not. I don't. I don't He's know a better man I mean. than me. I wouldn't apologize for
1: nothing. I said what I said. I meant
0: it. Mac Brown." And the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, are the biggest crybabies, whiners. I mean, whining goes perfect with wine and cheese, Artie. They are holier than thou when there's plenty of clips of their players saying the same damn thing about being NC State's daddy and all this other stuff. I don't care.
1: Get over it. People talk shit not good enough to get in Carolina. Like
0: it's the heat of the moment. It's a rivalry, man. It's a rivalry. Artie. The only thing classless is a UNC transcript. So and I, I say that with my wife having gone to, to Chapel Hill. Um I'm sorry yeah, but she but, was she was' a
1: student athlete she actually went there she wasn't there. she she
0: actually was a double major <laughs> graduated with honors hey very proud of my wife she's, she's much
1: twisted Jared is married to a tar Hill
0: yeah I, look I don't hate my hatred for Chapel Hill has diminished since I since I've been married now we don't she doesn't care for Chapel Hill Athletics I don't care for. I don't watch them. I don't talk shit about them to her face, like I do to the hundreds of people that listen. No, to those no, She, every she week. didn't
1: go to North Carolina basketball games while she was a student there. She did. She worked them. She worked them. Okay, I was. About, I was like, I mean, even if you, even if you're not a, a fan, like a sports, no, fan, she was Carolina. You got to go to basketball
0: game. Now that she's out, she doesn't care. Okay, she'll watch. She'll watch them in the national championship. That that's just it. She was there in their last national championship. Um, also, while we're on the subject of Chapel Hill, we talked about Miami doing the least with most earlier. UNC isn't very far behind. I'm tired of hearing about their top 15 recruiting class. I'm tired of hearing about how great Mac Brown is. I'm and tired of hearing about all of this bullshit. They don't do Guess what? They
1: do. What would they finish? Eight and five. Eight and four. Well, yeah, eight and five after the loss of West Virginia yesterday, and that game was played in Charlotte and did not have no Carolina fans there.
0: <clears throat> that fan base. That fan base is the most bandwagon fan base. I mean, they were talking Drake May for for Heisman. Look, Drake May's a, a good quarterback. He's a top five draft pick. But they were talking, oh, we're going to be in the college football playoff. We're going to do this. They started six and up. They lost to Virginia at home. Went two and five, and I believe one and five in their last six games against power five teams.
1: Yeah. Get out of here with that shit. And they're, uh, to be honest with you, their fan base doesn't even fill out their own stadium. They're wasting away a beautiful stadium, by the way. Keenan Stadium is a beautiful football stadium. It really is. And they can't even sell that place out. With a team that's supposed to be a top 15 juggernaut competing for conference titles and this, that, and the third.
0: They only care about UNC basketball. Some care about baseball, but... For the most part, they care about UNC basketball. That's it. They they don't show up. They don't they don't do what they need to do. I mean, it it's embarrassing.
1: They they, 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 they are a basketball school. They will always be a basketball right. school. Right, and that's fine. Well, at least show up to the football program that is you know trying to. I mean, you had a top twenty five program in the in the country.
0: Stop ranking Carolina in the top twenty five preseason.
1: Stop. Did by the way, overhyped programs. Did NC State win tonight? Did they did they win their bowl game? I know they were playing earlier today. I, I, the game's gotta be off by now.
0: Uh the game should be close to over.
1: I think I feel like they started a game like five or six o'clock. Yeah, they,
0: they lost twenty-eight
1: to nineteen to Kansas State. And so they lost to Kansas State. Wow.
0: Still you know, we, we
1: only had one ten win. I was about, about to say. And yep. in program history. One 10 win season in program history. Who the hell are they to talk to us about mediocrity? Media- Get the hell out of here.
0: State, Chapel Hill. Walk the goddamn plank. Your fans, your athletes, your coaches. Walk the plank. But especially Mac Brown for being such a – Piss baby. Getting mad that somebody called his team little shits. You're all little shits there in the Raleigh Durham area. I don't give a damn. All right, Marty. The Cotton Bowl. Let's get into it. Missouri. Missouri. Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State, three and a half point favorites over under 48.5. Mmm. Ohio State without without their quarterback. I really want to go Missouri here. What say you? Am I crazy for picking Missouri? I don't,
1: I don't think, you're think so. All. I do crazy all picking Missouri. I'm picking Missouri. And it's not even because I hate Ohio State. I just think they're more motivated. I think Missouri is going to be more motivated. I think... They did something this year that they weren't supposed to do, and that's win 10 games with an opportunity to win 11. Ohio State obviously is always playing for a natty. They're not even in the playoff. So I I just think Missouri is just going to be more motivated. And like you said, Ohio State doesn't have the quarterback. Now, McCord, I mean, they're not really losing that much in McCord, in my opinion. But I I, I like Missouri in this game. All
0: right. Uh, Next up, I believe, is the Peach Bowl. Ole Miss, Coach JDB going to finish his his tenure with the Rebels facing off against my father-in-law's alma mater, Penn State. The Nittany Lions are a a four-and-a-half-point favorite over under 48-and-a-half. It's another good one.
1: It should be a real good one.
0: I've been high on Lane Kiffin.
1: Oh. Give me Ole Miss. Yeah, I think I agree with you, brother. Look, that's going to be the best defense they play all season. That defense is going to give them fits. But Penn State's offense is atrocious. And I just trust Lane Kiffin more. So, give me Lane. Give me the Rebels.
0: For sure. All right, next, Artie. Uh, Number 23, Liberty. Plays Oregon. In the VRBO Fiesta Bowl, Oregon's a 17-point favorite over under 67 and a half.
1: Uh, I'll say this. Is, is Bowdoin playing in this game? I don't think so. Okay. That's that's a little bit of a difference maker.
0: I don't care. Oregon dog walks Liberty.
1: They probably still should dog walk Liberty, but I'll say this. If Liberty wins this game like a two-lane over a USC last year, y'all going to have to shut up about Liberty. Y'all gotta eat crow. I'll, I'll eat
0: crow. I don't think it's gonna happen.
1: I don't either. But I'm I, I, I think Liberty loses by three touchdowns. Bo Nix not playing this game. Oregon obviously was looking for a college football playoff, much like Ohio State. You got, you got to factor that in. Who's the more motivated team? I guess
0: my my only thing is. Liberty. I hasn't still think Oregon anybody. wins. I, I still think Oregon wins. All the Liberty fans that are talking all this shit—you haven't played anybody. You had the easiest strength to schedule in all of co- college football.
1: Hey, but a Liberty fan is going to tell you where's the loss? Exactly. Where's our, where's our loss?
0: I'm going to tell you. It's going to be in the Fiesta Bowl. So, and then it's going to be again. When the pirates travel to Lynchburg next year, buddy boy. I like Oregon. Yeah, give me Oregon. All right. Um, Capital One Orange Bowl, the opt-out bowl. <laughs> I think I've seen nineteen players have opted out from Florida State. Yeah. Georgia's twenty-point favorites.
1: Honestly, they should just put all the water boys out there and see who wins. This this bowl game is gonna be so sad. You're gonna see a whole bunch of no names that nobody knows. Nobody about.
0: wants the fans, the coaches, the players.
1: Nobody wants to be there. Like, 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 and, and I and I get it because both these teams have a legitimate gripe. But
0: this is the exact reason we needed expanded college football playoffs.
1: Yeah, these Florida State nor Georgia cares. It gives a damn about an Orange Bowl. They they just don't care. And and honestly, I'm gonna say Georgia just because Florida State is just there's. i I'd be surprised if they even walk out in the locker room. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say Georgia. They're, they're, Georgia's gonna win this game. But man, yeah. This like this should this feels like it should be like really important. It's just it's just not. It's such an insignificant game. Yeah.
0: All right. Already right. the college football playoff. Uh, the All State Sugar Bowl. Number three, Texas. Number two, Washington. Texas is five point favorites. Over under 63.5. Going to be a lot of points scored in this game.
1: A lot. Yeah. Mmm. Uh, this might be the best game of of the the, the New Year Six. This Texas Washington game might might be the, even even better than Alabama Michigan. This this one might be the game.
0: Mm. give me Texas.
1: I'm a big fan of Michael Penix. Washington has yeah. been. Washington has been dogged all season. They've been underdogs when they really probably shouldn't have been underdogs. They're probably the most disrespected, undefeated team of all time. Um, I mean, Florida State is right there. Well, okay, yeah, well, Florida State. I'm sorry. Florida State is the most disrespected, undefeated team of all time. (laughs) Then outside of that, I would say Washington. Um, But I'm going to disrespect them even more. Hook them. Give me Texas.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm on Texas here. I just Washington isn't a team that you expect to see playing for a national championship.
1: Well, we said about TCU, they made it
0: right. And we saw what happened to them when they made it.
1: That's true, but they still made it.
0: All right. Well, that's it Artie. I I don't have anything else to talk about. Stop playing with me.
1: (laughs) Put it on the screen. Yes, sir.
0: All right. Alabama, Michigan. In the Rose Bowl, presented Ooh. by Prudential. Michigan's a two-point favorite over under 44 and a half.
1: <laughs> what say you? Go Big Blue, baby. Let's go. This feels like Zeus versus Zeus. I'm going to be honest with you. In, in the Rose Bowl, in the granddaddy of them all, it couldn't be a more fitting... A more fitting, uh, you know, destination. I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be sweating. I'm gonna be crying. I'm gonna be all over the place for this game. I'm, I don't think I've been this nervous about a Michigan game in a very, very long time. My in-laws are all Alabama fans. They're from Alabama. They went to Alabama. They are literally graduates of the University of Alabama. This is gonna be a very nerve-wracking game for me. But we know where I'm going. We know where my heart's at. I think Michigan's gonna pull it out, Big Blue. We finally get. That playoff win, and we get into the national title game. We send Harbaugh off the right way. If Harbaugh wins, he's gone. I've I've already I've already come to that realization. If he wins a Natty this year, he's going back to the NFL. It's going to happen. But we'll get yeah,
0: it. I, I just think Michigan's defenses. I mean, it's going to be one of the best defenses Alabama's played all year long. Um, I think that. Coupled with what they can do on offense, I, I, I'm really not. I'm really not sold on Milrow as a quarterback at Alabama.
1: We got to control the tempo. If, so, if Michigan controls the tempo and plays the style of game they want to play, they are going to win. I, if I, Alabama can somehow make it a shootout, then we're in deep trouble. I do think that this is a good thing. That granted, there's
0: Alabama fans all over the country. I do think it's a good thing that it's not in the heart of heart of the south and out at in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, they got to go out west.
0: They got to go out west. Yeah. Look, it, it's a it's a tough travel for both. But you're not in Atlanta. Oh, it's,
1: it's still going to be it's it's going to be 50,000 plus Alabama fans and 50,000 plus Michigan. Right. It's still going to be
0: It's yeah. going to be insane. Yeah. But what I'm saying is it's it could be a lot more if it were if it were in
1: Atlanta. That is true. It'd probably be like an 80-20 Alabama kind of kind of. Game. It it, it would be a home so, game. Probably. So
0: I think that, granted, it doesn't really matter. These teams have. I mean, they've played in, in the big house, and they've played. I mean, they've played at Ohio State. They play. It doesn't matter where they play. The fans are going to be there, but I do think that that helps Michigan a little bit more knowing that they're not going to have to go into Atlanta, which would, would be a home game for, for Alabama. Um, all right. We'll, we'll have time to do a national champion on, on the next show.
1: Yes. Big blue, baby. Go blue. Hell to the victors.
0: All right. Can't wait. Thanks again to the Variety Sports Network, Variety Sports Collegiate, for uh, allowing us to have all of our content on their platform. Shout out. Make sure you go follow them. Follow all the other great shows that uh, that are on Variety Sports Network. Um, make sure you follow us on social media, at Boneyard Podcast. Posting a lot of great content on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, where, wherever we're there. Um, make sure you follow us. Turn on those notifications. So that way you get notified every time we go live, anytime we tweet. Always got some some fun stuff coming out um and subscribe on YouTube that way once again you get notified when we go live um got, got a lot of great content we're uh we're sitting down later this week to talk 2024 planning um we want to do more video content so stay tuned for that um and then yeah leave us a review wherever wherever you listen to your podcast. Five stars, and you'll be a best friend of the podcast for life. One star, you can walk the damn plank. All right? All right. Artemis, take it away.
1: That's all she wrote, baby. Until next time, Pirate Nation, wash your hands, wash your butts. Enjoy this New Year's weekend. I know I will be safe. And uh, deuce. Peace.